0: This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: This is The Look at right here on v the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a tremendous show for you tonight as we've got a lot of guests that are going to be joining us all throughout. As in hour number one alone, we've got Dave Tooley along Dwayne Colucci. Dwayne, he does a tremendous job over at the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. He is the sports director over there. So, have some fun chatting with him about a wide variety of things, taking a look at some futures, and on top of that, we want to seeing a controversy in NASCAR as well that we need to talk about with regards to how they're going to be paying that out. Because for the first time, I believe, since 1960, you wind up having the winner of the race wind up getting disqualified afterwards for failing post race inspection. So that's a little bit of an inter- interesting topic. I am not much of a NASCAR better personally, so. We're going to ask someone who wound up having to pay out somehow some way on that in Dwayne Colucci as to what wound up happening there. So I'm going to have a little bit of a fun chat there with Dave Tulip. Does a great job over here at the network. He's going to be joining me in about 15 or so minutes. We're going to be chatting with him about what we're all seeing in terms of trends of Major League Baseball, how he's been playing, all that as well. In our number two, we're going to have Rob Pizzola along Frank Schwab joining us as Frank he does a great job taking a look at the game of football for Yahoo Sports. He is also a man that is from the great state of Wisconsin, and we like those guys, at uh, very least I do whenever I'm on here. And I know that Jason Kahn, my producer, has booked an absolutely terrific show, so we're going to be chatting with him about what to expect for this upcoming NFL season with him, take a look at some season wins, and then we are also going to be joined in our number three by Sean's Roll. He does a great job at the Action Network. He does a great job We'll be able to take a look at the game of baseball and then also going to talk a little bit of football with Rob Pizzola as well. He does a great job as he is the founder of Betstamp. So we've got a little bit of everything that is going to be coming out tonight. We've got football, we've got NASCAR, we've got baseball. I'm sure that at some point we're going to be taking a look at some other markets as well. I do a college basketball podcast and I want to previewing the Ivy League. So, Yep, a little bit of everything right now because, well, we don't necessarily have a lot of live games, but we've got a lot of preparation to take a look at him from the live games. You're able to try to prepare a little bit as well because trade deadline is going to be coming up in Major League Baseball in the next week or so. We're going to see a lot of moves made by a lot of teams, and we want to see a lot of guys on full display, and these are going to be very impactful moves if you're taking a look at the futures market because, for one... Just from a team-by-team perspective, got to be gauging what teams wind up doing the next few days and what teams are able to surge and what teams wind up having a little bit of a fall-off that could turn them into a buyer or a seller. you take a look at these teams that are right around the 500 range. Like the Baltimore Orioles are a prime example of this. They wind up being able to get hot a little bit earlier in this month. And now they find themselves a game below 500 after they wind up losing to the New York Yankees. What they wind up doing in their upcoming series against the Tampa Bay Rays, absolutely paramount. So if you're taking a look at some of these like odds to be able to make the playoffs, odds to be able to win a division, obviously that's not going to apply to the Baltimore Orioles because well, if they wind up catching the New York Yankees, something has went horribly, horribly wrong for the Yankees and something has went incredibly right for our good friends the Baltimore Orioles. But certainly we do have a few of those that are currently out there, more like the NL central with the Cardinals and the Brewers doing battle within two and a half games of each other. That is certainly one that is going to be worth taking a look at, but you do have a lot of these teams are going to be jockeying for position on that front, and what they wind up doing the next few days is going to be big for that. You also have guys that are probably going to be getting moved at the trade deadline, and they are going to be on full display the next few days as well. We wind up seeing a few of those guys wind up taking them out on Sunday. We're going to be seeing some more on Monday night. We wound to see a few guys on Saturday as well, like Ozzy Kitana going out there, being able to deliver seven scoreless settings for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Stock certainly up on someone like him. Meanwhile, take a look at Tyler Mullion. He wound up having a relatively solid start today for the Cincinnati Reds. As Reds, they were able to get the job done against the St. Louis Cardinals. One of those teams that, you know what, they might need an arm. Come the trade deadline, typically you don't wind up seeing a lot of in-the-division sort of trades wind up happening, but six to three. Reds were able to get the job done, and I do do think that when it comes to being able to handicap this sort of, shall we say, in-between period in Major League Baseball, just after the all-star break, but just before the trade deadline, it can be some of the most interesting, and it could be one that winds up being able to yield some fruits to these guys that they're looking to perhaps be able to latch onto a contender, wind up being able to help out their drafts or their trade stock a little bit more as well, because a lot of these guys that do wind up getting traded. They're on, like, the final year. They've got one year left on their deal. This is not typically the case in which you're finding a lot of guys where it's like, ah, oh, they wound up signing a seven-year deal last year, and now they're going to be getting shipped off, and most of you are like Patrick Corbett or something like that, who's just absolutely terrible at this point. And, well, he's pretty much the throw-in in a deal for Juan Soto at this point, so not necessarily too terrific there. But I do think that it is interesting to take a look at because we did wind up seeing underdogs, Today wind up going as of right now with this Padres versus Mets game pending. They wound up being able to go a six and nine mark. And overall, if you take a look at the last three days, underdogs of Major League Baseball have been able to do a relatively solid job. They're hitting at right around 41.6%. If you might have taken the money line on every single one of these underdogs, you have fared a little bit better than favorites, even though favorites are hitting at a little bit of a higher clip. Obviously, you're laying that big juice when you wind up getting some of these north of $2 underdogs that wind up being able to come through. That certainly does wind up being able to help you out a little bit, and kind of wonder if sometimes the nerves wind up getting to some of these guys that are going to be on the trading block as well. We wind up seeing that come out in the Texas Rangers and the Oakland A's game, of which you wind up seeing the Texas Rangers be able to get it done by kind count of 11-8 and for ball Blackburn all season long. Home and road splits have been very intriguing to take a look at with Oakland, known as one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in Major League Baseball, and yet He has an ERA that is north of six at home, sub two on the road, something I think is really worth taking a look at as well when it comes to some of these guys that are going to be on the move. You want to take a look at guys that maybe have been excelling a little bit more than what you'd expect in their respective ballparks, and then guys that perhaps they've been performing very well when they've been outside the ballpark that they're in. These are the guys that I think are most intriguing. Like I just mentioned the fact that Paul Blackburn Sub-2 ERA on the road, Tyler Molly, who I wanted to bringing up a few minutes ago. He's another one of these candidates, someone who prior to today's start had an ERA that was right around two points higher at home rather than on the road. And these are going to be some of the more intriguing guys that you do want to handicap. But I do think that it is important to take note of this. Like, we wound up seeing it last season. This was not a trade deadline acquisition, but the Milwaukee Brewers. One of their big guys that wanted to being able to help them win the division last season, and a reason why the Brewers were able to live up to their expectations in 2021. We shall see what winds up happening in 2022 for them, but they wound up making an early season trade for Willie Adamas, a guy that was able to hit everywhere except for the drop. The drop was pretty much his Achilles heel, winds up getting to Milwaukee, winds up being able to help the team out very much so. So there's certainly going to be a lot to take note of there, and I do think that taking a look at this period, it is very interesting as well because what we also notice is that there's going to be a lot of bullpen arms that do wind up getting moved, but at the same time, you've got bullpens that are more rested now than they've been in quite a while because, yeah, the all-star break for many teams. You wind up seeing a few teams wind up playing those double headers on Thursday, but many of these teams, they're about as well-rested in the bullpen as you're able to get, but we did wind up seeing it both on Saturday and on Sunday. You did wind up seeing quite a few overs being able to take hold as well. So you've got many different elements currently in play in Major League Baseball because you've got these bullpens that they've got a little bit more rest. These guys that they were getting trotted out there day in and day out. They were finally able to get a couple days to be able to relax. I don't know about you, but I wound up getting a couple days to be able to relax myself, and I feel a little bit refreshed and reinvigorated myself. So that's always a very nice thing, but you also now have with these bullpens And these guys are having to go out there and throw on a a day-in-a-day-out basis some of the toughest conditions of the year because we were talking about how the unders were hitting towards the early part of the MLB season. April is always just seemingly very much a pitcher's month because the ball just does not wind up traveling in the cold as it does typically in these months of June, July, August. When it's in April, a ball that would typically be out in the month of July – know what, that winds up dying at the warning track because instead of it being 85 and super humid, it's like 50 degrees and it's drizzling outside. So that is always something I think is interesting to take a look at and you just want to be taking a look at as well. Some of the teams have come out post-All-Star break and have been very hot versus some of the teams that have been very cold. I do think that there is a little bit of something to a little bit of a post-break hangover just relating to personal life. I'm sure that there are many people out there that you wind up taking like a nice week off of work and then those first days or the first day back, first few days back, you wind up having just sort of that little bit of a mental block trying to get back into the swing of things. Perhaps we're seeing that with a team like the Boston Red Sox. who They wind up losing that game infamously on Friday by kind of 28 to five. They wind up getting swept by the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, par for the course is the entire series for that bunch as the Boston Red Sox have won as many series against the American League East this year as the entire of staff. That would be zero. We have not won a series against an American League East team, and neither have the Boston Red Sox, which that is a, an issue in and of itself. The fact that they're currently in the playoff hunt still to this point, despite that, I think is very much a Herculean feat, but something that is certainly worth taking note of as well. So a very interesting time to be able to gauge Major League Baseball, and Really, there's a lot of options to be able to pick off these markets as well. There are many, like myself, that you wind up going with full game sides, full game totals. Others are taking a look at more like a first five. We've gotten into markets where there's first threes. Those of you guys out there on the East Coast actually have more options with this than myself, being able to take a look at player props, picking off strikeout props, total bases, list goes on and on. So it really is A nice season to be able to take a look at this while we are all waiting football to come back into our lives. And Week 0, a little bit over a month away, so the wait is getting shorter and shorter as it goes about it. You know what? It's pretty fun to be able to take a look at this game of baseball and be able to take a look at just all these various angles to be able to extract, and a man that does a great job of being able to take a look at so many angles in so many betting markets, that would be Dave Tully. He is going to be joining me next, as it is Greg Peterson, holding it down on the lookout for Scott Seidenberg, right here on VSIN the sports Bank Network. This
2: is the lookout.
0: V-SIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you dare.
1: Baseball predictions made brighter during the Born in a Ballpark Challenge, but presented by Blue Moon can be for free for cash all season long. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. Do apply at cdrivekings.com for details and as per usual, please do drink responsibly as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and always great to be joined every Sunday by this gentleman as Dave Tooley does an amazing job taking a look at just a little bit of everything in darn near every betting market humanly possible. Does a great job for us here at v along with our publication point spread weekly and we'll follow him on Twitter at ViewFromVegas and Dave, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you.
2: Hey, great to be here. Um, I'm feeling better after yeah, this past week. I've mostly been sick only been following base- <laughs> baseball. But, uh, but no, uh, you're definitely looking forward to football. That's the main focus now. Uh, you've Got people coming in signing in for co- contests,
1: and uh, so yeah, this is a
2: fun fun part of the year as we get ready for football.
1: Yep, week zero in college football. Going to be here in about a month or so, tad bit more than that, and then the NFL season is going to be getting going in early September and. Those that love to bet preseason as well, that is only a few weeks away as Hall of Fame game and all the festivities of preseason. That is close approaching as well, but taking a look at this period of Major League Baseball, sort of this little bit over a week in which we have post-All-Star break before the trade deadline, I always think that this is one of the more interesting periods because this is before the teams that are in sell-off mode really give away all their pieces, and I'm not sure if you wind up playing this part of the year a little bit more differently than other years, but I do find that with guys that are on the mound that perhaps they're going to be looked at as perhaps being guys that wind up getting traded to contenders at the deadline. I always think that there's a little bit of a motivation factor there, and I do put a little bit more value on that. I'm not sure if you wind up gauging this period a little bit differently, but I always think that this is one of the most interesting couple of weeks in some cases, in this case, a little bit less than two weeks of the entire season.
2: And I, I don't usually make many adjustments right, you know, right now, but as you said, when the trade deadline comes, yeah, I mean, you definitely see, you know, teams that are, you know, going for it, uh, trying to, you know, finalize their rosters and get better. And then you have teams that are obviously just, you know, trading away for draft picks and looking to the future. And, uh, you know, de- People might want to fade those down the stretch. Again, me being an underdog player, uh, I don't uh, load up on the favorites playing the dregs of the league quite as much. But I, it, it definitely gets my attention where you know I want to avoid those dead dogs.
1: Yep, and this is really the last time of the year before we wind up having those teams like the Royals, like the insert your really bad teams here that they wind up selling <laughs> off some of your best pieces and then, as we know, after the trade deadline, after you do wind up seeing these guys get moved, these teams that might have been like a plus $2 underdog against insert your playoff team here, that $2 is no longer going to be there. You're going to be probably getting more like plus like two fifty something like that. But also the favorites, they're a little bit more powerful. And those underdogs, well, they are going to have some not so trustworthy guys out there. That's about the most tame way to be able to put it in. Hey, we might be taking a look at two guys that might be on the move towards the trade deadline. And I know that we've got a little bit of a thought here between the Kansas City Royals and the LA Angels. Ultimate pick em game. Anywhere between right around like minus 105 to minus 110, both sides. When you're taking a look at this one with the total in a lot of places, anywhere between an eight and eight and a half, we've seen a little bit of movement here. What's your thought process in terms of this Angels versus Royals game? Because not very often that we wind up seeing two bad teams in Major League Baseball be pretty much a pick em like this. Right. And, and,
2: and it's pretty much, you know, Cindy Gardens, Granke. Uh, that, that's pretty much a pick em too, in, in, in my mind. Uh, so, again, but I, th- I think the Angels are still overall the better team. I mean, obviously, they've been a huge disappointment. And, you know, Tanis had to try, try and carry them a, a lot of the way. And the, you know, the rest of the team hasn't uh, p- picked him up. But uh, I still think they're the better team. So I think, yeah, again, in the pick em spot here on Monday, that, that's my play of the day.
1: Yep, I cannot blame and, you there. I
2: was just going to say, and since I haven't been doing very good with the dogs <laughs> lately, I, I'll try to pick him. There <laughs> you go. Five. So, <laughs> still not going the favorite, but uh, no, again, I think picking him is fair value here.
1: Yep, I do think so as well, and it is going to be interesting to see what we do wind up getting on Monday because so, Syndergaard got to figure that he's going to want to have a very nice start for perhaps a suitor that might be wanting to trade for him. And you know what? If Zach Granke winds up getting moved at the deadline as well, I could totally see that as well. So a little bit of motivation for both of those guys to perhaps be able to watch on to contenders. And as we're doing this right now, Dave, we've right now got a game that is starting to go final between the Mets and the Padres. Most of the Padres wind up pulling off what would be a massive comeback as they wind up entering into the eighth inning down by seven runs. It is going to be the Mets that wind up getting it done, but something that I always take a look at in terms of being able to take a look at baseball, I just love playing this angle. It's say a go look at these teams that they wind up playing on Sunday night baseball, and then they have to play again on Monday. We're going to be finding this with the San Diego Padres. I don't know if you've been really taking note of these teams that they wind up playing on Sunday, and then they turn around on Monday. But I've just noticed that a lot of these teams have had a really tough time with it, and if you've been fading these teams that wind up playing on Sunday night baseball has been rather profitable in recent seasons.
2: Yeah. I, I was trying to remember if, uh, if I, it was you or Scott Seidenberg that I first heard that angle from, but, uh, but yeah, it, it does seem that, uh, you know, these teams get up, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, NFL teams get up for, you know, being on national TV on Monday night football. And then you uh, often have a letdown also. Um, and so, yeah, I I have noticed that I haven't taken advantage of it as much as I I probably should have.
1: (laughs) And this might not be the best time to be able to take advantage of it because the team that the Padres are going to be playing on Monday, that'd be the Detroit Tigers are going to be throwing Drew Hutchinson to the mound against Sean Manea. That's. That's a little bit grody right there. If you're looking to fade the team coming off of Sunday Night Baseballs, it's not necessarily been so great for the Detroit Tigers. And something that I've just noticed this season in general in Major League Baseball is that we have been having a lot of offenses that, shall we say, have been less than stellar. As we know, the underrate towards the beginning part of the MLB season was certainly very, very high. Things have been able to even up bookmakers. They know what the heck they're doing. They want shading these numbers down. So we've been able to get a little bit more of a fair sample over the last few months. It's been a little bit more to the under, but you're typically going to find that in a lot of sports. But have you been noticing that more of these teams have been a little bit more all or nothing? Because just in taking a look at my personal handicapping, I've just been noticing that very few of these totals have been landing on the number itself. Like if you wind up having the choice between a juice 7.5 or a juice 8 to the over slash the under, it very often does not wind up landing something like a 6-2 to two or something like that. Instead, you wind up getting like 2 to nothing, or you wind up getting 10-3, to three, something in that neighborhood. But I've just been noticing that we have not been seeing really any of these totals this year, landing on the number in which it's right now, like I mentioned with that example, between a 7.5 and, and an 8, you just don't wind up finding a lot of those games that wind up landing like a 6-2. to two.
2: Right, I, I in my uh, view for Vegas uh, Twitter account where I tw- tweet out the results every night. Uh, yeah, I only have sixty-seven pushes uh, in Major League Baseball this year, and even tonight, this this uh, Sunday night game, um, I was waiting to see if the over if the over was nine and five so far on Sunday, and I was waiting to see what happened with this game, and it was you know it looked like it was going to be right around the total but then you know the Mets bats uh, exploded and it you know it, it also flew over so you know over 10 and 5 uh, but uh, yeah like like you said the you know, the odds makers adjusted during the season and it's, a, it's pretty pretty close to 50-50 lately after the unders were uh, very strong
1: early in the year Yep, I totally agree with you there. It's been interesting to take a look at this season, and Dave mentioned it a little bit earlier. Obviously, trade deadline, it is going to be coming up in a little bit over a week in Major League Baseball. Is there anything that you're going to be taking a look at in terms of this period, whether it be from a little bit of a futures perspective or just a game-by-game betting perspective as well, that you're going to be curious to see if it winds up happening, and it could wind up having a little bit of influence as how you wind up being able to take a look at baseball moving forward?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll look at some of the futures and uh, you know, especially the teams in the standings that uh, you know can get an edge if you, if you know they're going to be the ones spending the money. I mean, unfortunately, those are usually the big market teams and uh, the more popular teams that are the lower numbers. So, but uh, maybe 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 can find a diamond in the rough.
1: Yep, certainly it is going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting. At the trade deadline, there's probably going to be no shortage of guys that wind up getting moved, especially with the expanded wildcard. You now have six teams from each division that are going to be able to get in, and it's always nice to be able to get you on the show, Dave. You're a wealth of knowledge, and you do a great job of just taking a look at darn near every betting market that we've got available to us. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: All right, thanks Doug. Have a great week.
1: And Dave does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at, like I said, a little bit of everything, and I know that he's going to be playing a large hand in getting us set for the upcoming football season. College football betting guide is now out for us and pro football betting guide. That is going to be out soon as well as it's going to be, in my opinion, an amazing football season, both on the college and the pro side. And I know that Dave is getting all geared up for that. And, We've got to get geared up for this chat as well. It's coming up next, we're going to be heading to the Rampart. Dwayne Colucci, a great race and sportsbook director, one of the best in Las Vegas. He's going to be joining me. as We're going to take a look at some futures and going to take a look at a little bit of an interesting ordeal in terms of NASCAR as well. That's up next right here on v the Sports Bank Network.
0: Is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
1: Welcome back. This segment of the look at is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering a smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I'm not sure about you, but there have been many times in my life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure that a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate, and Zinn understands this, and there isn't one right time to be able to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little bit different, and everyone's on their own journey, so whenever you feel ready to take the first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor, at the right time. And if you're thinking of making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zyn team Pouches at Zyn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on The Lookhead with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by Dwayne Colucci. does a great job as the director over there at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. And Dwayne, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you.
3: Uh, thanks Greg always a pleasure to join you on this uh hot Sunday night in Las Vegas
1: <laughs> it is a very hot one as I mean fortunately today it only wanted getting up to like 104 where I was instead of 110. <laughs> so the small victories out here in Las Vegas and you know what speaking of victories this is a first I don't think I've ever talked NASCAR with you we've talked a little horse racing we've right. obviously taken a look at the futures of so many different things but We wound up seeing an absolute calamity happening in NASCAR, as you wound up seeing out there in the race in Georgia. The top two racers in Denny Amlin and Kyle Busch get disqualified. They finished one and two, so Chase Elliott, who finished number three, winds up getting the win, but this all wound up happening after the race wound up finishing the disqualification of number one and number two. How'd you guys wind up grading these? Because I know that typically in horse racing, we wound up seeing this with one of the Triple Crown races a few years ago where a horse did wind up getting disqualified, but it was so far after that the tickets had already been paid out. Was that sort of the same instance here, or or did this wind up happening soon enough in which it was able to go to Chase Elliott?
3: Well, no, Greg. We changed actually our grading system over the past couple of years. Now with NASCAR, there is a 24-hour cool-out period at the Rampart and South Point. So we will grade Chase Elliott as the winner because we have this 24-hour period now because of Uh, You know, so many cars that were failing inspection. What happened here with Joe Gibbs Racing was definitely a factor. So, you know, if Chris, in the kindness of his heart, wants to pay out both sides, he he will, obviously. But this definitely has changed in Las Vegas. We now grade after a 24-hour period, actually Monday morning. So I would say that Chase Elliott is definitely the winner because Hamlin and Bush were disqualified. This is unlike horse racing because... Most uh, disqualifications, Greg, in horse racing happen right there within 20 minutes of the race. Unique instances with Bob Baffert and Medina Spirit and Justify and those circumstances, it's a lot different. Here, we now have upgraded our grading system with NASCAR, and we have that 24-hour period. Back in the old days, we used to grade it right after they crossed the finish line, to be honest with you. You know, I've been in the industry for 30, 40 years, you know, and we used to grade it as soon as they crossed the finish line but over the last couple of years because of the cars and these suspensions and different uh you know enhancements and disqualifications we had to adjust that and that's what we're going to go with i would say chase elliott is the winner at rampart south point definitely and we'll go forward and uh see what chris does but uh, i know our grading system is flawless now because they changed that rule a couple of years ago
1: And Dwayne, you guys are just so ahead of it because last time we saw anything like this and you guys were ahead of the curve, April 17th of 1960 when Emmanuel Zervikas (laughs) wound up winning at Wilson Speedway in North Carolina, wound up getting disqualified, first time it has happened since then. Here's how far along it was. Neither of my parents were born in 1960. This is the first time it's happened since then. I probably aged That was 12 years before me, Greg. Yeah, so, I mean, I might have aged a couple people listening to the show, and I do apologize about that, but that's how rare of an instance this is, and you guys wound up having a cool-out period ahead of time, so kudos to you. And are there any other sports that sort of have something like this? Because you just laid it out with horse racing, the fact that typically most of these disqualifications happen couple minutes after the race. I'm sure that you guys have a few minutes in which you wind up having before you wind up grading winners rather than just when they wind up crossing the finish line. And then you obviously have photo finishes that wind up happening with that as well. But are there any other sports like NASCAR where you do have a little bit of a waiting period of more than we'll call it like an hour that you wind up just taking a little bit of time before you wind up grading winners?
3: Well, I'll be honest. There's certain sporting events that, yeah, you want to take a little time before you post just to make sure. Definitely when you're dealing with NFL, uh, you know, the Super Bowl propositions, we want to make sure that we're right. Greg. That's the major factor there. And definitely when you're dealing with the Super Bowl proposition, sometimes a lot of those drops take longer than people anticipate. So that definitely comes to mind. But I, uh, like I said, horse racing is pretty cut and dry. When they start to take away purse money and titles, that's later on. So you really can't include that because uh, horse racing is paramutual, which means there is a pool and the pool is distributed after the tra- Track takeout so it's a lot different so the first thing that comes to mind are definitely propositions how they're graded by nfl.com and what we use moving forward with the super bowl props but nothing is like nascar and that's why we adjust it you know you have inspections of these cars the drivers different circumstances how the track plays out so you have to take that into consideration you know tennis uh, guys default uh, and quit so it's very hard to judge you know a day later could you judge if the guy was injured? So that doesn't come into play. And I could only think of Super Bowl props and horse racing at times, but it usually takes only about 15 to 20 minutes to establish if there is an objection, a disqualification, impeding, and moving so forth.
1: Yep. And whenever you take a look at Wikipedia in terms of law, lot of the horse racing as well, it's going to have special inclusions in there. If you do wind up seeing something like Medina Spirit, like we wound up having a few years ago as well. So certainly some interesting circumstances there, but just nice to know what wound up happening in terms of this, because I would have never guessed that there was a 24-hour cool-out period when it comes to NASCAR races. So good to be able to get to know that, and it is nice to know what we're all getting in Major League Baseball right now as well, because, Dwayne, you're a man that, much like myself, we both have been watching this Yankees season in general, and it's been pretty magical, but with that said, Houston Astros, they came out this week. They looked very good against a Seattle Mariners team that they had won 14 straight games going into the All-Star break. Where do you guys wind up standing right now in terms of the MLB futures market? Because I've got to think that the Astros have been taking quite a bit of action, not just this past weekend, but last few weeks as well, because they wound up being able to hand it to the New York Yankees even before the double dip that we wound up seeing a little bit earlier this week.
3: Yeah, definitely, Greg. You see yeah, unbelievable spanking of the Mariners. And the team won 14 in a row, like you said. And the Astros just came out and dominated. Now 2-1 to one at the Rampart in South Point to win the AL pennant, right behind the New York Yankees, who are plus 180, who have actually lost 8 out of 10 games up until today. So you discredit that. It's a, a 7 out of 10. But the Yankees are still one of the prominent teams. They're going to look to make deals. You have to look at that. They have to stay healthy, though, Greg. Definitely, you know, you're seeing Stanton now saying he's he's exhausted. I mean, you're talking about a guy that makes billions almost of dollars, millions of dollars, and how could he be exhausted at the uh, 75-80 game? You know, a uh, point of the season. So the Yankees have a lot of questions. They have to make some moves. They're going to try to get Soto. I'm hearing now the Cardinals are the front runner. But looking at the whole scale, definitely the Astros have come to prominence. And you're seeing that Mattress Mac is starting to lay down big bets now, Greg. So it, it's going to be interesting. The Astros look to me like the team to beat in the American League, whereas the Dodgers on the National League side, eight in a row now, plus 150 to win the pennant at the rampart south point dominating and really are not fully healthy so the Dodgers really look clear-cut this year unless the mets and the Gram really get it going and start to churn it up milwaukee maybe but i think they're better than san diego and frisco uh on the west coast so uh we're making adjustments as we speak greg we have the braves at plus 350 to win the pennant and world series odds like you said Dodgers three to one 4 to 1 on the Astros and the Yankees are right there at 3 to 1. They're definitely going to be tough to beat just because they have such a substantial lead in the division. And if Aaron Judge continues on, uh you know, I know a lot of people think Otani is the MVP. I think Aaron Judge right now as long as he stays healthy, Greg, he is the MVP. He's leading the Yankees whereas there's no pressure on Otani in Anaheim.
1: Yep, it is certainly a case in which Aaron Judge, if he winds up hitting a few home runs the next few days, I mean, it would be far-fetched, but he could put himself on Barry Bonds' pace from 2001. He has been having that good of a year. Not as good of a year as Dwayne Clucci, though. You always bring it on the show. Thank you so much for joining me.
3: Uh, Thanks, Greg. You're the best. Thanks for having me on. Love VC.
1: Dwayne is one of the best that you're gonna meet and coming back. We'll keep the chatter on the diamond going right here on vSIN the Sports Bang Network. This
2: is the look ahead on VSIN
0: the The Sports Betting Network.
1: The College Football Guide is out, and the Pro Football Guide is soon to come. There is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts have provided profiles for every single team with advanced stats and power rankings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes player awards, and much more. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and get access to everything that we do for the entirety of the football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best season ever. Subscribe now at vison.com slash subscribe as it is a Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight and big thanks to Dave Tully who wanted joining me about 30 or so minutes ago and Dwayne Colucci who joined me 15 minutes ago. Not often that we wind up talking NASCAR on this show, especially about a race that wound up happening, but when something winds up happening for the first time since 1960, it does warrant some notes, and not sure about you guys, but I did not have any idea whatsoever that there was a cool-out period in terms of being able to grade NASCAR winners, so that was certainly a little bit new to me. So, so glad that Dwayne Colucci was able to lend that nugget to us, something that If you take nothing else away from the show tonight, you'll learn something new on that front. So it was very nice to be able to have that conversation with Mr. Colucci and something else that I always like to take a look at is just interesting angles in betting baseball in general. As I'm actually doing this, typically the Sunday night game by now is done, but we have seen a little bit of a calamity here in the Mets versus the Padres game. If you like me wound up having the under in this game, you're probably feeling good going into the bottom of the sixth inning with only one run scored and, well, it has went way over, and the Padres and the Mets are still doing battle. And something that I typically take a look at is fading teams coming off of Sunday night baseball, and they wind up playing on Monday. The New York Metropolitans are going to have the day off, so we're not going to be able to fade them. You can fade the San Diego Padres if you'd like, as they are going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Detroit Tigers. This is nine seventy three, nine seventy four on the winning board. As it's going to be Shaiman is going to be going for the Padres, and Drew Hutchinson is on the bump for Detroit, and. Detroit find themselves anywhere between plus 135 to plus 145 underdogs. And anywhere between about minus plus or minus 150 to minus 155 is your price on the Padres. With total anywhere between 8 and and 8.5, you're going to be finding the under juice to be quite heavy on an 8.5. Meanwhile, with the 8, you're going to be looking at a little bit more juice on the over. But this is one of these rare circumstances that I just can't fade the team coming out of Sunday Night Baseball. Unless if this game winds up going to like the 18th inning in the San Diego Padres. Have to try to fly to Detroit at like 5 in the morning, which would be a relative extreme. You could end up seeing that happening at this point, as right now it is 8 to 5, and the Padres still have a chance to be able to get a few more runs up on the board. But that said, this is a Detroit Tigers team that's becoming pretty darn unbackable right now. The one good thing that you've got with the Detroit Tigers is that this bullpen has been absolutely superb all season long. And I mean, I really think that they deserve even more credit than what they've been given this season because with the Detroit Tigers, among their five starting pitchers that they wanted coming into the season with in terms of their rotation, three of them are currently out of the fold. One of those in Michael Pineda wound up missing much of the year himself, and yet they've still been able to withhold, and they're still right now number five in the big leagues in terms of bullpen area. So they've been able to do a very solid job. A lot of these guys are failed serves, like a Michael Fulmer, for instance, Willie Peralta is currently on the injured list, but these guys have been able to come in and they've been able to do a nice job. Meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, a relatively average bullpen in terms of ERA. They have right around a 380 ERA overall, but I think it's just so troubling with this Detroit Tigers team. And you just take a look at the offense. They are by far the worst offense out there in the big leagues. Let me put this into perspective for you. Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo as a pair have more home runs than the entire Detroit Tigers team. The Tigers are averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game this season. They don't have a single guy with a double-digit amount of homers this season. It is late July. The trade deadline is quickly approaching. Still don't have a single guy with a double-digit amount of homers. I mean, things are so bad that their former number one overall pick in Spencer Torkelson wound up getting sent down to the minor leagues. And on top of that, Along with him, who's currently not in the fold for the team, you've got Cody Clemens, Akil Badu, Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Robbie Grossman, all hitting a two eighteen or lower. Boy, it is not necessarily the world's greatest state of affairs for them. And on top of that, I talk so glowingly about the Troy Tigers bullpen. They got two and two-tier settings out their starter today in Ronnie Garcia. That winds up putting their bullpen, which has really been the best part of this team, behind the eight ball as well. It got so bad that Cody Clements, who I believe is of relation to Roger Clemens, to pitch once again for this Detroit Tigers team. So, yeah, it's not necessarily too terrific and for the San Diego Padres. The travel is going to be a little bit tricky, and I did to talk about this angle a little bit with our good friend Dave Tooley a few segments ago as well. And Like I said, typically, I like to fade these seams. I do downgrade them, and I still did wind down grading the Detroit Tigers a little bit with them coming off of Sunday Night Baseball, but they're going to have Sean going, and Sean has actually been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home. He's got right around a 4-5 ERA at home, more like a 3 area ERA on the road. So he's been a little bit better there. He's been a little bit erratic with his command, giving up a little bit over three walks per nine innings. And the deep ball has been a little bit of bugaboo for him, but the good news is he's facing off against the Detroit Tigers. That winds up helping out a little bit, and... You have have Manny Machado struggle a little bit up until Sunday Night Baseball. wound up having three hits in New York, so that wound up helping him out prior to the Sunday Night Baseball game. He was hitting below the Mendoza line of a 200 for July, but still been able to hit a 300. He's been able to give the team 15-plus home runs this season. The big thing is being able to have a couple other guys come along for the ride. The only other guy with more than 10 home runs for this bunch would be Luke Voit with 12, and hasn't an necessarily been able to do a great job of being able to get on base, as you've got a lot of guys like, Austin Noah, Hossam Kim, Drixon Profar, Jake Cronenworth, all these guys hanging in that neighborhood about a 238 to a 248. Pat knows Mazar be able to step up, but he hasn't been able to stay out there on the field consistently, along with someone like an Eric Hosmer who's been dealing with a couple of ailments as well. But I do think that the Padres, despite the fact that they're coming off of Sunday Night Pays, Spawn, For anyone that wanted taking the Mets versus the Padres game, it is official. Mets wanted to being able to get the job done by count kind of 8 to 5. So, money line, run line of the Mets. What have you that was able to cash after I'm seeing a little bit of a calamity from the Padres in the back half of this game as they wind up allowing a combined eight runs in the sixth and seventh innings to really doom any sort of an under that you wind up having. But that said, I do think that the Padres could be able to bounce back Sunday night baseball curse is a little bit real in my opinion. I don't think that it's going to be able to withhold against the Detroit Tigers. So I'm going to be taking a look at the San Diego Padres in this spot, most likely at a run line as well. I'm willing to take anything of plus money there. And right now I am seeing some plus money prices out there on the run line because I do think that it is a Detroit Tigers team that if even if they allow like three, four runs, I don't have confidence in them being able to get the two runs needed to be able to cover the run line. And you're able to find that San Diego Padres run line A lot of places right around a plus 110 ish. So, I'm going to be taking a look at that run line, be able to reduce the juice, and I am going to be taking a look at the total under as well as the Detroit Tigers. They have been playing north of 60% of their games, the under thus far this season. They and the Houston Astros are the only two teams with that moniker. So, let's take a look at that Astros game for Monday as well. We'll dive into this a little bit right now. We might hit upon it a little bit later on in the show, but. This is 969, 970 on the betting board as you've got Adam Muller who's going to be going for the home Oakland A's against Jake Odorizzi of the Astros and the Astros find themselves as one of the FDS favorites that you're going to find on the board. They between minus 215 and minus 220 with between plus 185 and plus 195 being your price on Oakland with a total of eight. And with this one, I'm also going to be taking a look at it under. I set my total at 7.3. Now, Jake Odorizzi had a bad 4th of July start against the Royals, but you take that out of the equation and got right around a three-ish ERA, and on the road, his ERA has been sub-three. He's been giving up right around three walks per nine innings, not like some sort of a strikeout artist, but able to get some swings and misses, and here's a big thing for him. I'm on to talking about this with the Padres and the fact that they're going up against bad offense. The Oakland A's are hanging below the Mendoza line of a 200 at home. They were able to bust out against the Texas Rangers. They were able to get eight runs up on the board, but this is also a case in which I think that you've got to take a look at the time of this game as well. Oakland is actually a little bit more hitter-friendly during the daytime because during the nighttime, you have the marine layer. You've just got the heavy atmosphere in general, for lack of a better term. When it comes to Oakland during those night games, the ball just does not wind up flying the way it does during the daytime. And this is going to be a 6.40 p.m. Pacific time, local time for his pitch. And with Adam Mahler, he wound up making his first start really since May, just before the all-star break against the Houston Astros wound up giving up three runs in four and a third innings. I expect something similar here. He's got north of an eight ERA. I did think that he's going to see a little bit of positive progression, but certainly not a guy that I want to be backing whatsoever. And this is one of these cases, once again, that, I mean, if the Houston Astros wind up scoring like four runs, that might be good enough to be able to cover a run line because I don't know if the Oakland A's are going to be able to play two. They don't have a single guy that has had at least 35 at-bats this season that is hitting above a 250. You got a couple guys that have been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers like a Seth Brown, like a Sean Murphy, and these guys have been able to give you a combined 23 home runs for the season, but got a lot of guys that are just not doing a good job of being able to get on base. Houston Astros, you still got Jordan Alvarez and company out there, so I'm going to be taking a look at an Astros run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under end. Coming up next, with regards to what we're going to be seeing in Major League Baseball Monday, I've got my DK Nation pick on deck, as we are going to be saying out there in the American League for that one, as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg tonight, right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network.